I kind of feel like Joe. I'm too old for this. <laughs> Fourth and five, the national championship on the line right here. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Hello and welcome to Dynasty Kings podcast, the DKFL podcast, season three, week two. Once again, Skaggs is out, but I am here as your single host this week. We will have a guest later. Sounds like you guys probably know who that is. And that will be William later, uh, GM of Bilbo Swaggins. Um, but we'll just get started here. Um, I only have like 42 minutes of recording time on this free thing, so let's just get going here. Uh, let's just start with talk about takeaway of the week. Uh, listen, I wrote this before the Bears drama this morning, um, but I would say that Alan Williams, defensive coordinator of the Bears, story is a bit interesting. Um, probably is my biggest takeaway, but before that, I was writing about Brandon Staley and how bad he is, and how he needs to be fired right now. Um, Justin Herbert, in my opinion, is a once-in-a-generational type of quarterback um, that's being wasted away with this horrible coaching by Brandon Staley. Um, he's 19-17 through three seasons, Staley is, with one playoff appearance. Uh, Herbert has thrown for 95 touchdowns and only 23 picks in those three seasons, while also completing 64% of his passes for over 10,000 yards. Um Clearly, Herbert's the guy. I mean, come on. We've seen him play. We see the stats. He's a good leader on the field, off the field. He's the guy. So, Brennan Staley, in my opinion, has to go. He's made some boneheaded decisions over the last season. I'm just tired of good players being wasted away by bad coaching. And, by the way, it's not just Justin Herbert. Keen Allen, Mike Williams, Joey Bosa, a lot of guys on the defense, Austin Eckler. Um, you got a good, pretty decent offensive line there. So, yeah, Staley's got to go. It's just enough is enough. Uh, let's get into the DKFL a little bit. Scores recap of the week. Uh, okay, <clears throat> week two scores recap. Here we go. Savage, The Savage Salmon beats the Golden Bandits 132.5 to 126.5 in a pretty back-and-forth game here. Uh, I completely lost my composure during this game. I thought I was going to lose to, no offense, Anthony, but not a great team that you have. Because, let's be honest with you, Daniel Jones, Josh Reynolds, and who else was it? Some other... Oh, uh, Gabe Davis combined for like 70-something points. So that wasn't very fun. But, Savage Salmon still pull out the victory. Uh, we had Ramondre Stevenson score kind of a garbage time touchdown there uh, late on Sunday night to pull out the win. Uh, I apologize for my behavior. I'll try to be better. Uh, meanwhile, the Savage Salmon was led by DeAndre Swift, Puka Nakua, and Tyler Lockett, who each scored uh, 21 points or higher. Uh, <clears throat> second game of the week, the Lamarvis Llamas beat all Mahoney's balls 127.5 to 106. Uh, the Lamarvis Llamas 
were led by Kyron Williams with 24 points and Lamar Jackson with 22. Um, we'll give a quick shout-out to Bijan with 18. He's been great so far. Um, third game of the week, this was not close. Um, this is a real blowout. And that would be Maz Meatloaf, 120.5, Elephant Island, 42. Yeah, not great. Uh, Maz Meatloaf was led by Jalen Hurst with 20 points, uh, Debo Samuel with 18. Uh, but this was never really close, ever. <clears throat> In the fourth game of the week, we had Darren Narwallers, 77.5, versus Skaggs Island, 74. Um, this. Sorry. This was a very close game. Um, came down to Monday night when it was Kenny Bickett versus Derek Carr. I think maybe someone else can't remember. Um, but either way, Derek Carr only finished with like seven points. Could not pull out the victory for Skaggs Island. Uh, the Narwhalers were led by Jordan Addison, who had 16 and a half points. <clears throat> In the fifth game, Pizzapalooza defeated the San Anselmo Sinners 107 to 97.5. Uh, the Sinners and Dan had a chance to win this game on Monday night when they had Najee Harris playing, but he failed to score pretty much anything, to be honest with you. Um, they needed about 14 from him, but that wasn't going to happen. Um, and so Pizzapalooza pulls it off here. Congrats to Travis. Uh, and then our last game, Scott's Tots beats Bilbo Swaggins 129 to 81.5. Uh, this was relatively a blowout as well. Uh, Scott Stotts was led by Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, and Devontae Smith, who all scored 23 points or more. Uh, and not put the standings in here for some reason. So let's go over the standings really quickly. I don't know. I was using the wrong Google Sheet. I'll bring these up really quickly here so we can go over the standings. Uh, let's see here. Sorry, guys. Pardon me. All right, standings. First place, Maz Meatloaf with 252 points. Second place is Scott Stotts. And by the way, Maz Meatloaf is 2-0. Scott Stotts is second place, 2-0, with 233.5 points. Uh, third place, we have the Marvelous Llamas, who are also 2-0, with 217.5 points. Fourth place, we have the Savage Salmon, uh, who are 2-0, with 215.5 points. Uh, fifth place, we have Pizzapalooza, who's 2-0 with 202.5 points. <sighs> Excuse me. San Selma Centers, we have, uh, who are 1-1 with 179. Uh, Darren Rollers, who are 1-1. All Mahomes Balls. Balls. All Mahomes Ball, 0-2. Golden Bandits, 0-2. Bilbo Swaggins, 0-2. Uh, Belva Island, 0-2. Skaggs Island, 0-2. Uh, so as you can see, the league is starting to separate a bit here. Uh, Skaggs Island is the low point here with 122.5 points uh, total. Um, so there are about two teams that have outscored him by two, uh, 100 points or more. Sorry, Skaggs, tough look. Um, but, yeah, things are starting to, uh, I would say, separate a little bit. And uh, teams are starting to separate. And we're starting to make a case for who's good, who's bad, and who's kind of in the middle of this year. All right. Let's go to easy eye-opening performance of the week. Um, so it's just me, so we're just going to fly through these here. But I'm going to go with uh, Kyron Williams, running back uh, for the Rams uh, on Bosco's team. He had 14 carries for 52 yards and a touchdown, and then he also had six catches for 48 yards and a touchdown for 24 total points. Um, 
I'd say that's an eye-opening performance of the week, especially out of Kyron Williams. And I know he played pretty well first week, too. Uh, but Cam Akers being inactive and Kyron Williams getting all this work and two touchdowns. And all that receiving work, too, out of the backfield is big. Um, so Kyron Williams, easy eye-opening performance of the week. Uh, I do have an honorable mention. That would be Nico Collins. Uh, I traded him away, so that kind of hurts. But seven catches for 146 yards and a touchdown for 23.5 points. Travis, I hope you're enjoying that. Let's move to the Reese's Rookie Report. Um, all right, so good. I'm going to put someone else other than one of my players, Puka Nakua, because uh, let's be honest with you, he might win this every week now. Um, it's not my fault that I'm you know, great at drafting rookies. Um, just what I do. Uh, but I'm going to give it to Jordan Addison this week. Three catches, 72 yards, and a long touchdown for 16.5 points. Um, he's looked good these first couple weeks. Uh, medium, I am going to put Puka Nakua. Um, I'm just putting him at medium because that's just kind of what he does now. It's just average for him to get 15 catches, 147 yards, and 21.5 fantasy points. Um, we're just hoping for 20 catches, 160 yards, and a touchdown. Um, that should be kind of his average performance, to be honest with you. You see me smiling right now. Uh, ugly, I'm going to go with Sean, Tech, Sean Tucker um, on Bosco's team. Uh, listen, he finally got some carries this week. and got a significant amount of carries. He got seven carries. With those carries, he did nothing. He got eight yards uh, for zero points. So not great efficiency out of Sean Tucker. But again, listen, second week as a rookie, I'm not going like, to pick too much on him. But uh, that's the ugly rookie of the week. All righty. Cole Komet of the week, one of our favorite segments. Uh, and that would be scoring zero in a lineup. Sorry, William, but I think you were the only one this week with somebody with zero in their lineup, which was surprising that Joe did not have somebody with zero in their lineup. Kind of shocking. Uh, but, Will, you did have Tank Bigsby in your lineup who had zero, 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 zeros across the board, everywhere across the board. No catches, no rushes, no rushing yards, no, no nothing. I think he played 12 snaps total. All righty then. Rico gathers of the week, random tight end, random tight end that we give a shout out to. Um, this is a random guy. This is real random. Maybe some of you Bay Area friends know him, um, but I'm gonna go with a Stanford tight end here. Who listen? Stanford used to produce a lot of tight ends. Zach Ertz, Austin Hooper. Who am I missing, guys? I know there's another one. I know I'm missing one. Uh, Kobe Fleener. I know I'm missing some more, though. But anyways, uh, Benjamin Eurosek, uh, who's a Stanford senior tight end. Uh, he's got 104 catches for 1,290 yards and five TDs in three career years at Stanford. Um, he is a senior this year, so he's draft eligible. He's like 6'4", 252 pounds. Um, he's a good blocker. Uh, I could see someone taking a shot on him uh, in our draft play next year. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see what happens. <sighs> Let's look forward to week four. Sorry, week three. Uh, and this was the fab recap for week three. Uh, I'm not going to go over all of them here just because we did that last time. And it sounded like a slave auction. Uh, but that Breda went for $50 to, to Daniel, the Sinners. Um, Bellify Island put in an interesting bid for Sivan Ahmed uh, for $34. I'm going to be honest with you, no one else put up a bid for him. So 
Joe said that he saw something out of him on Monday night. Listen, Joe's a two-time champ. I'm not going to question him too much. The uh, Marvelous Llamas and Bosco added Craig Reynolds for $14. Uh, Salmon added Rico Daddle, Rico Daddle for $12. Um, Maz Meatloaf added Pierre Strong for a buck. And Bill Bell Swaggins added Kylan Cranston for $0. Uh, my fabulous addition of the week would be Pierre Strong for a dollar. Um, I think the rest of the guys, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I don't know if I liked the fifty dollars for Breda. I understand. You know, Daniel's kind of in a tough position right now, so he kind of need to go all out for him. I get it, um, but I'm just not the biggest fan of Breda. I, I'll be honest, with you, I don't get the Ahmed uh, bid, but hey, Joe, I'm proud of you. Uh, Craig Reynolds, I. I guess it works for the Llamas, considering they have Gibbs. It will be interesting to see what they do there. I bid too much personally on Dowdle, um, so it's just too high of a bid. And then Maz Nilov only bidding $1 on Pierre Strong, who's now, I think, uh, he might be the third stringer. I don't know. But still, I like Pierre Strong's game a little bit. I think he'll get definitely more touches um, in Cleveland. Uh, so I'm going to give it to Pierre Strong. All right, let's go with week four matchups. Our first matchup is Skaggs Island versus All Mahomes Ball. Uh, Skaggs Island is projected to win 102.6 to 95.8. Just an FYI disclaimer here. I'm sure that uh, not everyone's lineups are completely set. uh, So just give everything a little leeway here. Uh, The second matchup is Bellify Island versus the Savage Salmon. Uh, The Savage Salmon are projected to win 103.8 to 78.2. Uh, the Santa and Selmer Sinners versus Maz Meatloaf. That's a big matchup this week. Uh, Maz Meatloaf is projected to win 122.1 to 115.8. Um, that might be a candidate, candidate for game of the week. Our fourth match of the week would be Darren Narwallers versus Bilbo Swaggins. Um, Bilbo Swaggins is projected to win 92.1 to 77.9. Uh, fifth match for the week is Scott's Tots versus Golden Bandits. Uh, Scott's Tots is projected to win by nearly 40 points, 117.8 to 80.1. And in our fifth and final matchup, and I think I think game of the week, um, two 2-0 teams facing off against each other, two very good squads. That would be the Lamarvos Llamas versus Pizzapalooza. And uh, projections have the Marvelous Llamas winning this 124.2 to 112.7. All right. I'm just going to get into Dynasty Prospect Preview here. Uh, and then we'll end it. And we'll get to Will's uh, preview or uh, Will's interview and uh, some primetime pick him after this. All right. So Dynasty Prospect Preview presented by Duracraft Boats. As we know, Duracraft Boats is one of our favorite sponsors. Um, they provide us with a lot of um, funding and opportunities to uh, be creative with this process. Uh, my prospect uh, that I'm previewing today is Jermaine Burton, wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, okay, let's just put it out there. He's the one who hit a Tennessee fan who was a girl. Um, so that was not good, not good at all. Uh, we don't like that. We're not proponents of that. Um, but reality-wise, the NFL is a place where domestic violence is 
pretty much accepted. Um, as long as you're good at football, it's kind of sad, but that's what we are and that's how it is. Um, so listen, Burton's still good at football. He runs a four four forty. Um, he's a five star recruit out of high school. Went to Georgia for two seasons. Transferred to Alabama. Um, he's never really put together a great season per se. Now they have struggled at quarterback here and there since he's been there. Um, he's had a high of 676 yards last year, um, but he's shown flashes. He's shown brilliance. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I don't know. I still think he's going to be drafted next year unless this season goes terribly wrong. Uh, but I still see a team giving him a shot and drafting him late, um, potentially third round or later. Um, so, yeah, again, listen, we don't. Listen, we don't excuse the violence. We know that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's just – he's a decent player. And uh, uh, he's going to be on some people's draft boards next year. Uh, probably mostly Zach. All righty. So I'm going to take a break here. We'll come back with William. Um, we'll have a couple uh, advertisements. And uh, we'll get right back to it. All right, guys. Thanks. I just want to take a quick moment to thank our title sponsor, Cheez-Its, uh, greatest snack brand in the world, specifically the four cheese flavor, the single greatest snack of all time. Uh, we want to thank them for sponsoring the show. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you don't like Cheez-Its, go fuck yourself. Back to the pod. All righty. And we're back. We're back with our good friend, Bildos Wagons GM. Hello, everyone. How you doing, Will? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Ben? I'm great. Uh, thanks for joining us. We're always happy to have you. You're full of opinions and <laughs> full of just life that we love. So we're happy to have you. Really excited. Um, <clears throat> Skag isn't here. That's too bad. That would have been really probably some fireworks. He's got some questions for you at the end, though, that I think. What is his status? Uh, what is the status on Skaggs? Is 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 he good? Uh, is he still? I, I think he's okay. I think he's okay. He's fighting a little bit. Last week's loss relief was tough for him. The oh my I think god, having Derek Carr in there and then having some you know quarterbacks on the bench that would have won him the game um, had him questioning some things. But as he said, um, it's up to God. You know, it's up to God. There's nothing else he can do. So. That's all, you know? So we got to move on from there. But uh, seriously, God. I think he is, like, at weddings a lot. He's, like, got, like, four weeks of, like, straight weddings. So he's just busy. Um, you know, when you get a girlfriend, those things start happening, too. Um, I know, so but, you know, Dynasty doesn't Dynasty doesn't wait for anyone. That's true. That's true. Shout Cart out him off girlfriend. and get someone else in here. I think that's her name. Uh, okay. Anyways, let's just get into this. Uh, all right. All right. Let's see here. <clears throat> Prime time pick of standings. Let's go over the standings really quickly. Uh, so I went two one and one last week. Uh, lost the Eagles, Vikings, one. Uh, pushed Saints and Panthers, and then won the others. Uh, our guest picker, who was Joe last week, went three zero oh, and one. Won everything, and just pushed on the Saints and Panthers. Damn. Skaggs is zero and zero, but he'll be back um, this Damn. week. I know 
This week, we've got Thursday Night Football, New York Giants at San Francisco 49ers, and the Niners are currently favored by 10 points. Uh, Will, who do you got? Um, 10 points is a lot. Uh, I was is. told... I was told when I first dipped my toe into sports gambling, you always take the double-digit points. Um, but I heard Saquon's out. I heard Andrew Thomas is out. I am a Niners fan. Yeah, this line. I'm just, this line. I'm just gonna say fuck it a little bit since I moved. Look, but we'll still say ten. I'll, I'll I'll take the 10 points. I'm not betting any money on it. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. It's not a game that I would bet on. I'm going to pick the Giants plus 10, maybe just some random backdoor cover action. Um, yeah. I don't, feel, I don't feel great about it. Not you could throw it in a tease. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. <clears throat> You'd like to tease, William? No, I, I, I heard only uh, – I heard – I heard actually like teasing you have the least value gained um, from teasing. It's actually like yes. the real sharp gamblers don't tease, um, but yes. all my degenerate friends now, do. So yes, because they think that they because they they win a couple and then you know not value like you said value wise they hit a couple and they're like okay not bad money. But then they lose a bunch, and then the value doesn't offset there exactly, and then it just doesn't it doesn't go the right way. So I've been there. I tried the teasing method there; it never worked. Uh, it always seems like a good idea. It never ends up being a good idea, though. Well, gambling always seems like a great idea in general. And then, yeah. You know. Fuck, you're right. That's so real, yeah. dude. That's so fucking love gambling, real. I love gambling. Though. Uh, all right, Sunday night football. We've got Pittsburgh at Las Vegas. Uh, Las Vegas is favored by two and a half. I'll start here. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh plus two and a half. Um, I thought Pittsburgh showed some life last week. I know they struggled at first a little bit, but towards the end of the game, um, the defense especially so showed some, started showing some juice. Um, the offense started making a couple more bigger plays. Uh, Warren, who probably should get more touches, was actually looking good and making that run game look pretty good. Um, so I'm going to say not only plus two and a half, but I would probably take the money line here. I feel comfortable uh, betting Pittsburgh money line. Um, I agree with you. I like Pittsburgh. I just have no faith in the Raiders at all. Yeah. In the ownership, in the coaching staff, in the quarterback, no faith. I don't have any faith in their defense. Um, that being said, the Steelers – Offense looks like shit. Um, their offensive line isn't as improved as it was billed to be this offseason. Uh, Najee is very bad, very slow. Jalen Warren is yeah. the best running back on the team. He is certainly available. Um, and even despite – I never feel good putting money on Kenny – well, I guess I'm not putting money on it. But just betting on Kenny Pickett uh, – I'll take Pittsburgh with the points. <clears throat> yeah, I agree there. I agree there. I think Pittsburgh, they're struggling a little bit right now, but I think they're going to get better. They're going to turn around. Mike Tomlin always seems to kind of get it going. Uh, yeah, he's a man's man. Yeah, exactly. He really is. 
All right, Monday Night Football, we've got another doubleheader this week, which I love these doubleheaders. I wish we could have more. Um, the first game is Philadelphia at Tampa Bay, <clears throat> and Tampa Bay at home are plus five underdogs. Um, let's just start with that game. Uh, Will, do you have an opinion on that one first? Um, I'm taking Tampa. Uh, Tampa, I thought – Tampa was like one of the teams that I was most wrong about. Uh, coming into the season, uh, their offensive coordinator, who I believe was the Seahawks quarterback coach last year, yeah, um, he is going to be a hot, hot candidate to be a head coach this offseason. Uh, he's now, doing a great job. I will say he is – I almost think he's too clean cut sometimes. I think that he's hiding something. I really do. But don't He's good looking. Great folks. Not only that. Like, good-looking, like, he's, like, 36 or 37. He's got, like, two kids, beautiful wife. He's just a uh, freak. Like, he's always tweeting oh out, like... Oh, God. Always tweeting out, like, <clears throat> inspirational stuff and, like, you know... Oh, so, like, gross. I think he's hiding... I think he's hiding something. Oh, fuck that. Um, forget everything I just said. <laughs> um, but he is a good football coach. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Tampa. I think uh, Philly's showing some cracks. I think Jalen Hurts is being exposed. They, you know, teams are stopping that, um, that read option, and they're just forcing Jalen to kind of sit in the pocket and win from the pocket. And he's not a good pocket passer. Um, he's being exposed. Stock down snides. Yeah, no, there definitely has been some issues there for sure. Um, he's not looking like the same quarterback that he was last year. But I am going to go Philadelphia minus five here. I do think Tampa Bay has played a little bit above their pay grade so far this season. Um, probably not just a little bit, let's be honest with you, a lot. Uh, I don't think anyone expected Baker Mayfield to be this good so far. I think if I saw the stat correctly, he's the best third-down quarterback right now in the league, which is ridiculous. Um, but I'm still going to go Philadelphia minus five. I think this is a game where Philadelphia starts fine tuning things a little bit more. Um, and we start seeing a real talent differential here between rosters. Um, and I think minus, I think five points is a little bit too little for me. Um, and I'm going to take Philadelphia minus five. Um, even if Jalen Hurts does struggle in the passing game, I know AJ Brown has really struggled lately. Um, I think that running game can still get it going. So I'm going to take Philadelphia minus five. Uh, all right, second Monday night football game. We've got the L.A. Rams at Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati is favored by two and a half at home. Now, <clears throat> this line might be going up and down as the week goes on with Joe Burrow's status. Um, but I'll start here. I am going to take the L.A. Rams plus two and a half just based on that kind of thing. I think even if Joe Burrow plays, I'm still worried about his health. He has not looked exactly the you know, Joe Burrow-esque type of quarterback that we're used to. Um, and the Rams have looked pretty good. Um, I know they kind of ran into a buzzsaw last week against the Niners. Um, but I'm going to still take the Rams here plus two and a half um, and hope they make it a close game. Will? Um, you know, my heart and my head say Rams, which is why I'm going to pick Cincinnati. Um yeah, it's, it's it's always good for me to fade myself because um, I'll probably be 
Yeah, I'll just be right more often than, than not if if I'm fading me. I, I, I don't know. It's like I, I totally think the Rams are going to win. The Rams, again, another team that I was have been proven really wrong about um, coming into the season. Uh, I... I fully expect the Rams to win, but Cincinnati, I think they're 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 a cornered animal, um, and they need to win. And whether they have Joe Burrow or not, I could just envision a scenario where they pull out a win out of their ass. Um, and you know, if I were to bet on the game, I'd lose a bunch of money on it. That's gambling, though. Love it. Uh, all right, let's get in the guest interview. Will uh, we've got Will Sale, GM of Bilbo Swaggins. Uh, first of all, Will, how are you? Are you are you at school right now? Or are you working? What, tell me what's going on in your life. School is done. Um, okay, I, done. So you got your master's. Yeah. Right? Okay, cool. uh, yeah well, yeah, it's kind of like a master's light degree. Um, I gotcha. Yeah. A program. Um, yes, yeah. It's called a master's of professional studies. It was just like a one-year program it was good for me kind of changing uh industries career paths so i get in i learn the you know the fundamentals and then i get out and into the workforce um so yeah that's that that's done i've been working at the company uh that i've been at for the last um a little over a year um and it's going super well it's going very well are you still in upstate new york no I, i i live in raleigh north carolina Oh, okay. Uh, okay, so I yeah. Nice. And how, how's Raleigh yeah. going? Uh, Raleigh's, how's that? Raleigh's cool. It's a, it's a, um, I call it like the mid-Atlantic, but people okay. here, they say it's the south. They get all weirded out when I say the mid-Atlantic, you know, they fucking yeah. pull out their Confederate flags as soon as Very I say that. Route. But, yeah. um, I get you. yeah. But no, it's it, it's cool. It's it's a small city, you know. Especially coming from from San Francisco, you can kind of walk the downtown area, um, you know, fifteen twenty minutes, um, like the 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 entirety of it. But it's really good food, really good like yeah. cocktails and beer, um, and it's cool. Like I never knew much about North Carolina from California, and so coming here, it's like. It's kind of a gem of a state. You have the coast, you have the outer banks, you have the swamp area, and then you also have like the mountains on the other side. Um, and then you've got a whole bunch of ag in between that. And then there's Charlotte, there's Raleigh. So there's some cities. It's kind of a fun little place to be right now. That's cool. Yeah. I've heard good things about Charlotte kind of up and coming a little bit. I've It's kind of an up and coming. For sure. I've heard, so that's cool. I like that. Uh, all right, let's just get into it. State of your team. Uh, it's a rebuilding season. I kind of, I mean, I don't know what you really want to call it, but it definitely seems like kind of a rebuilding <laughs> season. What is your approach? What's the status of it? Timeline? Tell us a little bit about it. Oh, yeah, I'm certainly rebuilding. Um, yeah. You know, if we want to take it all the way back, again, it started with that Tyreek trade like a fucking idiot, you know, as soon as the news came out that Tyreek broke his son's arm, I flipped out and I decided to trade him. Um, and I just shouldn't have done that because I should have known that the NFL doesn't care if you break little kids' arms, especially if you're Tyreek, and that he'll continue to go on to be one of the best receivers and fantasy players um, in the league. 
so it started there and then just one mistake compounded another um and so this year i realized i just i needed a fresh slate i needed just to get all my picks back control my own destiny um spin off spare parts that i weren't going to be part of my long-term future hold on to younger more core guys that i could that could be like the foundation of my uh rebuild so that's what i did with uh cd and alave and um and um yeah now it's just i don't know kind of trying to win on the margins pick up players um and be patient yeah, no, you know, you mentioned Tyreek and the NFL and the domestic violence thing. It sucks. Um, I talked about Jermaine Burton from the wire, uh, Alabama wide receiver as the prospect preview earlier. He's the one who hit the Tennessee fan last year after the game. I don't know if you remember that. Um, the girl, um, he, like, slapped her upside the head um, after they lost to Tennessee. Um, but he's still going to be drafted because he runs a 4-4. He's a five-star recruit, you know, like – he went to Georgia, then transferred to Alabama. Um, so if you're good enough in football, you're going to get drafted and you're going to get a chance, right? Unfortunately, that's just yeah. The, I mean, so. they don't they don't give a shit. You know, Deshaun Watson, no, they don't they give don't. a shit. No, they don't. And, and sorry, back to your team. Um, no, yeah, for sure. I you know I, I kind of went through the same process as well about three four years ago, and uh, you know I think the you you hit some things really on the nail with the head right there with the, with the, you know, trimming the fat and, you know, getting rid of the pieces that for pretty much wherever you can get. Um, and then building a foundation is big. Um, so I know you mentioned Olave, you mentioned CD lamb. Were there any other players that you're kind of thinking about building around there? Oh yeah. For, I mean, Anthony Richardson for sure. Um, yeah. He's a good, when he's been on the field, the dude just like, I don't he's he's learning quickly that NFL guys want to hit him and so he just needs to avoid the hits um especially when you're in the end zone you know just completely uh, avoid them but him um and then I think uh Jerome Ford now he's an interesting piece I'm not exactly sure what he is um, but he's someone that definitely you can envision a path of him having value even beyond this year. Uh, he's yeah. still got two more years on his contract after this year. Nick Chubb, man, he's 28. He, he doesn't, he doesn't have a lot of guaranteed money left on, uh, on his deal. And I don't know if he's, you know, going to play again, uh, let alone for the Browns. So Jerome Ford could all of a sudden be a cheap, uh, RB, uh, the cheap, kind of running back that's top of the depth chart for them um and i don't know i'm not looking at my team right now but But i mean hopefully yeah yeah jalen warren too shit um you know Najee could be reduced to nothing uh very 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 quickly and jalen's got a little bit of juice so all right yeah no i get you uh let me ask you this then this is a skags question and I thought that he was originally talking about like Bay Bay Area rappers here um, when he said this. Uh, but who will have a better chance <laughs> between Chiggy and Isaiah Likely? He said likely, just likely. And so I just thought he was talking about like rappers or something like that. But uh, he was talking about uh, 
Shiggy. Tight ends, dude. And, exactly. Yeah. It took me it took me about two or three minutes, but I finally got it. So who will have the better career between Shiggy from Tennessee and Likely from uh Baltimore, in your opinion? Likely. Um Mandrews, Mandrews needs to fuck off, but likely, dude, likely is he moves very uniquely for a tight end. There aren't many tight ends that can kind of move and get in and out of his breaks and like have defenders kind of roll off of him. Um, and I like, I think likely is fucking good. And if he was the tight end one on a team, I think he would. He would be in that conversation of the top, you know, seven or eight tight ends in fantasy. Um, yeah. Chig's Chig's good too. He he's he's explosive. I I think he's less of a natural receiver, but maybe just more of an explosive playmaker. Uh, but I do likely he's my fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, Isaiah likely is very good. I remember him at Coastal Carolina, and he was stud. Yeah. Um, I don't. I, just, I don't have the exact numbers. I don't think I've ever looked at the exact numbers, but I'd be interested to see how many two tight end sets uh, Baltimore runs and how often they use them. Because, like you said, I mean, I know they got two, you know, they got Mark Andrews, but, you know, I see teams use two tight end personnel all the time, 12 personnel all the time. So get two tight ends in there if you got them. So, and it works. Listen, two tight ends, that screws up defense all the time if you got two good tight ends. So, I don't know why they wouldn't use them more often. So I like that. I know. I, I, I think, though, I, I think another wrench that was thrown into it was with Todd Monken, who wants to use three wide receivers, which um, Greg Roman never did. And so now when you have three wide receivers on the field, you're not you're, you're not going to have two tight ends, yeah. n- you know, n- no, necessarily, sure. unless likely is one of those um, – wide receivers and so it's just like i don't know what's going to happen to him um if he's going to be traded eventually or if he's going to be re-signed to the ravens when his contract is up uh and andrews gets older i don't know but he's certainly like a longer term hold for me for sure for sure uh all right usually have a sales pitch ready to go uh for anything um, hmm. go ahead and give us your best pitch right now for whatever you're selling at Dynasty. One player, go. Give me give me a minute of it. Wait, one one pitch that's or one guy that's on my team. Yeah, just that I want to sell. You can. Yeah, one one minute. Go ahead. I got you. <sighs> okay. Uh let's see here. You gotta, beat these, you gotta beat these white collar criminals that we play fantasy with. Dude, they're they're the fucking worst. Um, all right, I mean, let's just talk about Jerome Ford. Let's just do it. Um, yeah, you know, it. actually, you know, it's funny. I I actually want to read something that uh, <laughs> one of these just sad, sad offers that um, our 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 buddy Snide sent me. <laughs> oh God, uh, not gonna okay, and I quote here: not gonna overpay. But let me know Ford price. I just know he's going to be like a six point five point per game kind of guy. I'm frugal. It's like fuck you, Snides. You sound like one of the housewives on the next door app in Marin County, where it's like, oh, I'm looking for a really good roofer that doesn't charge a lot of money. Um, it's like the shit like that doesn't exist. Uh, again, I think Ford has two more years, or he's got two more years um, after this year. 
So it's basically three full years, cost controlled, under contract uh, for a team that whose cap hit for their quarterback is going to be going through the roof in these next couple of years because he has a fully guaranteed contract. They're trying to win now, and he's a three-down back that can um, catch catch the ball, pass block, and then he's also got the juice to break off a long run if he gets loose. Um, and he's number thirty-four. He looks sick in those in those unis. His last name's Ford, which is uh, was kind of cool. First name Jerome, which is a dope name. Um, and I think he was just kind of on the scrap heap. He was RB two. Uh, I picked him up in the draft. He was buried behind Chubb and Cream Hunt last year. Chubb's gone. Cream Hunt's back. But how much does he really ha- have left? So he's he, he's a solid piece that you know just winning on the margins like William usually does. Uh, I don't know if that was a sales pitch. No, no. You know what stuck with me there uh, in that sales pitch, and I know you know working in the hardware industry, this has always been kind of a sales point. Um, you mentioned that his last name is Ford, right? That's American yeah. made. That's American. It's made. dependable. We love, Ameri- we love American made stuff. We don't yeah. like you know the Chinese making our stuff, right? Dan. Fuck that. Dan is mega. Dan is mega. Like U.S. for sure. Like maybe you could sell him, you know, on the mega on the mega train, you know, like you know. Oh yeah, no, no, Dan. Dan, Dan saying, uh, you know. Boston yeah, no, Dan. Probably. Both. Both of them have inquired. Um, they deeply offended me when all they really offered was like future thirds and some future seconds. And, you know, it's like we've seen the size of Pilger's wallet. If you want someone for me, Dan, you're going to have to open that bitch up. All right. I want the Pilger price. Um, I don't want to be, you know, a future third, $10 in fab. I don't give a shit about that. Uh I love this league. Uh, speaking of loving this league, I do have one question from Skaggs as well. One other question. Uh, I don't know if it's more of a question or an insult. Um, uh, but with the, he goes, with the embarrassment of riches you have from a talent perspective, why take the build, rebuilding approach? Your team is right up there with the best of this league has to offer. <laughs> is is he being sarcastic? Is that about? I think I think so. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he wanted me. To, I asked if you have any questions for Will, and that was one of them that he sent. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know. It's it's funny that he's sarcastic when he's in dead last and has less points than I do. But yeah, yeah I mentioned he's... earlier that there's two teams in this league that have already outscored him by a hundred points and nearly four, so it's tough right now on Skaggs. Oh, poor guy, man. He just like his team would be so sick in 2019. Michael Thomas, OBJ, Dalvin Cook, uh, Allen Robinson, um, Travis Kelsey. His team, it like it goes. Brandon Cooks. It goes on and on. Hey God. Yeah. He got old quick. He got old quick. Poor guy. Right, I've got a, just... I got a 49ers question for you. Um, you are a 49ers fan, correct? Yes. Okay. Are you all in on Purdy? Correct. Uh, for sure. Um, yeah. I, I'm not some, um, you know, I have a lot of like outlandish kind of inflammatory op- opinions, but I keep it pretty level-headed when it comes to the Niners. Um I think I think he's really good. I think he does what Shanahan wants. Sh- yeah. Shanahan wants a cyborg 
playing quarterback that he can insert his brain into and uh, just do what he sees. And that's why Kirk, like Kirk Cousins is that. Kirk Cousins is that cyborg. And Jimmy G was just kind of, he was a little, you know, a little, uh, it wasn't the perfect fit. Yeah. Jimmy's not great. He's not very good. Right. Right. And so, uh, no, Purdy does what Shanahan wants, but then he also has a little bit of creation ability. He can move in the pocket, extend plays a bit. But, you know, like, he, he knows his role and all he – yeah, he, he, he just he just distributes the ball. He's he's, yeah. he's a point guard, um, and it's perfect for what we need. I mean, I think you can see his, his limitations throughout the game. You know, he's small. He doesn't have a rocket arm by any means. Um, and even in that Eagles game, before he got hurt, the pressure was really affecting him. But he was a seventh round rookie starting his like eighth game who didn't have an offseason. Um, so no, I, I, I fuck with Brock. Um, and he's the, he's the third highest paid quarterback on the roster. He's like Brandon Allen makes more money than him. That's, that's crazy. So it's like money ball. For a couple of years. Yep, exactly. Yep. Uh, okay. Last question about the 49ers. How far can this team really go considering that they lose in the playoffs every year? And that's my little pot shot to you as a Seahawks fan, but. Go ahead yeah. and answer. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I certainly think they can win the Super Bowl, um, especially yeah, this year. Listen, I agree. I just like making fun of you guys as much as I can. You know how it goes. And NFC rivals, we have a good time. Um, but I do think yeah. this is a very talented team. I, I, it's like I, I don't mind people taking shots. I'm totally secure in the 49ers' abilities. And, you know, it's like they're competitive each and every year. They have a good roster they have an awesome coach uh and it's like you're not gonna win every fucking year yeah i would like them to eventually win yeah i think john lynch is your gm is always gonna be you know positive yeah so it's like like all they have to do is just hit singles or doubles on their first round picks they fucking whiff on every first round pick that isn't nick bosa but they're so good at drafting throughout the rest of the the rounds just don't get too cute in the first round and stay healthy, which I know is – you could say that about every team. Um, but I, I think the clear-cut, in my opinion, the clear-cut top dog in the league right now is the Cowboys and the Niners. Um, I, I think just match up better than them. I think they're better coached than them. Um, and so I'm not like necessarily worried about that. Like, I think the league is more wide open this year than it even was last year or two years ago. Um, so it's like, dude, just fucking stay healthy and then, um, win. That's it. Just go from there. Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. I'll be excited for that Seahawks before Niners game. Yeah, fun. Um, that's all we have. Will, is there anything else you've got for the DKFL for anyone, anything Anything you no, I mean I, I just got a lot of uh, got a lot of running backs that are available. Um, no thirds, no fab, seconds only. Um, my line is always open. Respect, respect. Will, thank you for coming on. <laughs> I always appreciate it. You're always a great time. Uh, we hope to see you next. You know, at the next year's draft, that would be awesome. Uh, but otherwise, always good to see you, Will. And uh, you be well. 
All right, man. Thanks. This was fun. Good, good to see your beautiful face. All right, bye. Thank you. I appreciate that. Have a good one, Will. Adios. All right.